everyone. Welcome to Totally Talking Sports episode 21. So we're recording on Friday again. Uh, Logan's work schedule has been a little wonky, but we should be back to normal with Kyle. Kyle's gone again, but we should be back to normal with Kyle on next Tuesday. So that's going to be very exciting to have all three of us back again. Um, Kyle's still recovering, um, but he seems to be doing just fine. So we should we should be good to go for next Tuesday. But um, Logan, how have you been? I've been good. Been good. Working a lot. Got my day off. Got to go home a little early yesterday because they were like, oh, you guys work in two days from now. So, yeah, we'll probably just give you guys a day off uh, or a little bit early. So I'm looking forward to actually being by myself starting tomorrow and right. we'll see how it goes. And then after that, you get like four days off. Yeah, yeah. I start so, getting my three days on, four days off. Yeah, so, be so nice. that's going to be awesome. Right on. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, I don't know how to um, cut vegetables. Um, you know those vegetable slicers, those things that you slide the vegetable on and it cuts it nice and thin for you? A mandolin. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's what they're called. Um, I don't like to think about them anymore. Um, so we were making some lunch and we were going to do like sweet potato chips. And so we were slicing up some sweet potatoes. Jesse came over to and asked me to help her cut them. And she was like, hey, don't cut yourself. Uh, I proceeded to, on after making two cuts of the sweet potato, I cut off a nice chunk of my thumb um so thumb is out of commission right now I, it's gotten a lot better the first day i was able, barely even able to move it i had to keep it like above my heart so it wouldn't bleed when you showed us like the picture of it it looked like just the fattest wrap around it which is necessary yeah but it looked like your thumb was four times bigger than it actually yeah was. no no it was huge and then um so it's progressively gotten nice and smaller and then yesterday um jesse's actually had to bathe me Ah, nice. yes, yeah. So she's been giving me baths, bless her heart. She's an absolute sweetheart. Um, and then you know we were wrapping. I was like, just, just don't even do a whole lot, like, because you know it, it's been decent. Like, there's yeah. definitely times where it hurts. Like, can't really extend like that. Like this, like if I go like this, feels good. If I do like this, it kind of hurts. It's just kind of weird. Um, but now you know, soon enough, I think I'll be able to wear just a band aid. Nice. And then, you know, and my biggest thing is getting back on the golf course because I'm, yeah. I, I'm just, that's what I thought about afterwards. Uh-huh. I was sitting in the ER and I looked at Jesse, I was like, man, we're not going to be able to golf for like a month. <laughs> hey, no excuses. You see the video of like, there was a guy who got hit by a car like years ago. You know what? I, you know, I got to go one handed. Yeah. That's, that's what he does. He, yeah. he's, he's paralyzed. He just is like a stand up wheelchair. He just uses one arm. And he's better than me. Fucking beautiful strokes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But other than that, I've been doing good. Um, yeah, other than thumb, but I'm moving around, I'm doing okay, you know, I've been going to work, hasn't stopped me. No structural damage, so good. Yeah, I can, you know, I'm fine. Um, but for today's episode, guys, we're going to be talking about NCAA championship game, um, our thoughts on that, and all that good stuff. Um, my favorite time of the year, Masters is here and back, we each have our top five. Kyle also gave us a top five that we'll be talking about, there's one player that I don't want to talk about, but we've already determined that Logan will make those those comments about him and I'll probably chip in just some, you know, just some mean things to say about him. Um, and then we're going to be talking just a little bit NHL trade deadline is coming up. It's on Monday, I believe 3 PM Eastern time. So just trades that, uh, have already happened. Maybe that we're looking to happen. I know Logan has a trade that he's hoping that happens. So go with that and then we'll go into our segment. So without further ado, uh, we'll start out with Kyle's sports news you didn't know you cared about. I think last week me and Logan did a phenomenal job in I place agree. of Kyle. Absolutely agree. Um, so we have that again. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, I will go first. Okay. So more Deshaun Watson news with everything happening. Right. One is the the judges are requiring that some of the women who were not putting their name on their So I have case. that too to reveal their name. Apparently only two of 22 women have revealed yeah. their names. And, One, yeah. And I get it like the, because their lawyers are, or like the defendant lawyer or whatever was like, well, a lot of times the girls don't want to, yeah. you know what I mean? But at the same time, there's, yeah, there has to be some legitimacy. And even if it's not released publicly, yeah, at least like people, in, in, people in that circle need, need to, know. to know. Exactly. Because otherwise you're just making random claims. And apparently the, the two girls that have released their name have already received death threats. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it, it, it's just getting ugly for Deshaun Watson and there's more stuff. So oh, yeah, I know. Love to see it. And then. Fallout with Deshaun Watson himself is he loses his beat sponsorship completely. They just sever ties. Nike suspended their contract with him, which I think is the better move. Yeah. 
uh, spend the contract because if I'm Deshaun Watson, I don't want to re-sign with Beats if if he's clear of everything. Yeah, if, if nothing if Nike, like you know, he'll, he'll be like, "Hey, thanks for not like suspending me. I understand why you guys didn't. Yes, you, know, you suspended me, not completely cut me off. Yeah, yeah. Him renegotiating any contracts like that, but yeah, so he's having some more fallout with everything. We have to see how this goes and how long this plays out. Right. No, it's it's a messy situation. Um, with that being said, I, I forgot to put it down. No, I might. Nope, I did put it down. So I'll be talking about it in a little bit. My first one, uh, former NFL player, Philip Adams. Uh, he played for the Raiders a little bit. Um, played some other places, I think. Uh, he shot five people, uh, a doctor, his wife, two grandchildren, and himself. Um and then York County Sheriff Kevin Tolson told the news conference Thursday that investigators had not yet determined a motive in the mass shooting Wednesday. So just kind of wild. Yeah. Just that, wild. I have no idea. And I was watching the news. I was watching the news the other day or yesterday. And it, that was the thing that was going on. So I was like, oh, man, this is this is wild. And they like interviewed the dude's dad, Philip Adams' dad. And he was like, I. He's like, I, you know, obviously I've never seen this yeah. kind of behavior out of him. And he, his dad was like, I think it's just because of football and yeah. the brain stuff. Yeah, my first and, thought went right to CTE. Yeah. And that's how a lot of guys just get so fucked in their head. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why Junior Seau committed suicide. That's why right. so many guys end up killing themselves just because it's, they just snap because their brain is not functioning properly. Right, exactly. So very scary stuff. Um, what, what else you got? Uh, we'll go with the Sam Darnold trade. Okay. Stick in the NFL. So the Jets trade Sam Darnold to Carolina for a second round pick, a fourth round pick, and a sixth round pick. I think that the the Jets made out like bandits. Really? Uh, well, they got a second round pick out of it. I think that's great. I don't think he's worth the first. I don't. I don't think I he's think, worth I the think first. Carol, I think but... both teams actually kind of made out like bandits because Carolina gets a young quarterback um, that they can try to build around. I mean, the Jets have already tried. I, I'm surprised that the Jets, since they got a new head coach. That they didn't, you know, he he was just, he, I would have, like you said before, I would have stuck with Sam Darnold for a year under a new system, yeah, seeing what he could do. But the thing is, they love Zach Wilson so much that yeah. they weren't going to have both of them in the same room and just be dumb. So, I mean, they get what they get. I think Carolina didn't have to give, or, or got gave up enough, and I don't think they're going to have regrets for what they gave up to right. get him. And they still have their top 15 pick as well to go get something else that they need. They have a quarterback that they can try to build around. They can still trade Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's still under contract there. like Or use Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold and have them both there. Wh- whatever they want to do. Right. Uh, I think it, it's great. It's probably a win-win for both teams. Yeah. The Jets get to have their young quarterback that's new in a new system with a new head coach and everything. And get a second-round pick out of it. Yeah, get a second-round pick and then... The, the Panthers get a young quarterback, which is what they need. Where they were sitting, they weren't going to be able to draft a really good quarterback, probably. So they would have had to try to trade up. But at this point, with all the trades that have already happened, it would have been extremely difficult for them to try to trade up even. Right. Yeah. So I think it works out for both teams. I do too. Okay, so um, Justin Fields, uh, because of a scheduling conflict with uh, another prominent pro day, San Francisco 49ers... Uh, manager John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were able were unable to attend. I think they were attending Mac Jones, probably. So Justin Fields is having another one, and they can go see him now that they have the third overall pick. You know, do you think that they're really going to be looking at Justin Fields or Mac Jones? And I know you were like, "Why the fuck did they even make that trade?" Because if they didn't, if because they, they still have Jimmy G, and if they're not going to move Jimmy G, yeah, you know, like, and like you and Kyle were talking about, like it makes sense in the fact that. You know, hey, we're gonna have this young quarterback sit under Jimmy G, but it really is Jimmy G like a quarterback that really can teach a whole lot to one of these younger guys. He hasn't looked amazing. Yeah, it's I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It was the fact that they said we're sticking with him makes no sense. Right, like we talked about. Like either you're lying, or if you're telling the truth, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. So they're obviously going quarterback. It's either Mac Jones. Uh, or Justin Fields. I don't think Trey Lance should go that high. I think Trey Lance is the fifth best quarterback in this class. I've seen other people that have him much higher. I don't really get it. Even after watching his pro day, I don't get it. So I'm watching Mac Jones pro day. I mean, Mac Jones looked great in his pro days. All the top four quarterbacks looked great, and they all made those like that wow throw. And Trey Lance didn't. And I, yeah. I just don't. I don't get the hype around him. We'll get into that stuff more when we get closer to the draft. But overall, I mean. The Niners, I mean, Justin Fields getting a second pro day is great. I think it's nice for him, for him and for the Niners to get a up-close and personal look at him. Yeah. Because it's really going to come down to me 
to Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Yeah. Because it's clear Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are going one two. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna yeah because it's gonna go it's it's Jaguars and then Jets. Yeah. And they they know who they're taking exactly. And so then it's all just up to the Niners who they want. Hmm. Um. Okay. You got what else you got? Uh, just some NBA check in. The, the East is the East, and the Nets are unstoppable. Yeah. And then the top four teams in the West are all eight and two in their last ten games. <laughs> it is. It is. It the Lakers are falling, and yeah. you can't hold that against them being out. They're two stars. Right. They're doing their damnedest to they, try to stay in games. Yeah. I mean, it, but you know that's the thing. Like, I mean, they because like the top four in the West right now, and the Lakers would be up there. You know. Oh, they exactly. Had, yeah. But the, you know they're just playing so good. It's just like the Lakers, and I'm pretty sure like probably LeBron and AD are sitting there going like. Jesus Christ, we gotta we gotta get back out there. Like, yeah, this it, is getting messy. Yeah. And we're about to be like seventh seeds. They're, they're five seed right now. Yeah, and Kyle and I talks about it. Seven to ten is the play-in. So for for the seventh and eighth seed, it's seven to ten. So they need to stay in those top six to avoid a play-in. Not like if they have LeBron and AD, a play-in wouldn't mean anything right. they're gonna but win I mean, weird thing, one game you know yeah like, it's you like, don't want to play those games yeah thing. like yeah. It's, it's just extra anything games. can happen yeah so it's yeah the 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 nba is just i don't know the east is as always there's one dominant team right maybe two and in the west my biggest thing is the nuggets and that move they made for aaron gordon like you were saying yesterday. they're just so much better now with the moves that they made that it is it's nice to see that the West is back to what it was. Just they were just playing smart. And yeah. Just were like this. In, they knew exactly what they needed, and they went out and get it. Yeah. Got it. So yeah, West is very scary. And then Nets KD came back. He went perfect from the field <laughs> in his in first game back. He went like seven of seven from the field for seventeen points and like eight rebounds. I was like, what? It's not fair. And in that same game, Lamarcus Aldridge put up twenty two. <laughs> I, this is why I was saying when after it doesn't that, count. It doesn't I, yeah, count. it doesn't count it if doesn't. the Nets win a ring. It doesn't count for any of those players. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. And I and I was saying, or I saw on Twitter that people were like, "Oh man, look at Lamarcus Aldridge. He just looks like an assistant coach going joining the Nets." All you people saying this oh, is Marcus unfair. Is still good. He doesn't matter. His game isn't an athlete. He just stands there and shoots the ball over everybody right. and he'll get you buckets. Yeah, he and that's what there, he does. And, then he can, and he can still step back fade away like he, exactly. he used to do on the Blazers his, and when his first few years were on the Spurs. He has an old man game yeah. where he doesn't need to move that much. It's yeah. like Dirk. Why do you think Dirk was able to score 30 when he was 41? Yeah. Because he just shoots over everybody. Yeah. It's unfair. So them having <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge and then Blake Griffin who has the same number of dunks in like 14 games with the Nets that he had in three years with the Pistons. <laughs> and then you have Kyrie and James Harden and Kevin Durant and, and Joe Harris and Nick Claxton and fucking DeAndre Jordan. It's just not fair. No. It's not fair. No, it's no not team, a fair team. It's not a fair team. There's never been a team this stacked in the history of the I mean, NBA. I think, I, yeah, I was, I was listening to the episode that you did with Kyle and like the NBA didn't like veto any of it. Oh yeah, yeah, no. The fa- that's the NBA is looking into that, I guess, into the the buyout market. Maybe they, maybe they heard you, man. Hopefully they did. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man, because it's it's just bullshit. These guys that are on contracts with shitty teams that don't want to be there anymore, and they, just, they just say, "I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play anymore. Just buy me out of my contract." And then the team has no option because it's either we just keep paying this guy twenty twenty five million dollars a year to not play for us. Yeah. Or we just cut ties, get him out of here. Try you can try to find a trade partner, but you're gonna have to make the salaries work, and it right. just doesn't work. So they have to look into something other than letting these teams buy out players, and then those, that guy just takes a one million dollar veteran minimum contract to right. play with. It, a it's contender. kind of a broken system right now. Yeah, and yeah. even the Lakers, Lakers only got Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond's really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's starting there now, but. The Lakers getting Andre Drummond is not the same thing as the Nets getting Marcus Aldridge <laughs> and Blake Griffin. Right. It's not the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. I would honestly rather have Marcus Aldridge or Blake Griffin than Andre Drummond. Yeah, exactly. You'd have rather have, rather have either, either one. one of them. Yeah, either one of them. Let alone both of them. Right. It's, not, it's fucking stupid. Fucking yeah, it, 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 like it's just the fact that they're just pay, they, the Nets were able to only pay them like a million dollar minimum salary. Yeah, because the, their t- other teams are paying them twenty five million. Yeah, yeah, like, they, yeah they get bought out for like eighteen million dollars, and they're like, yeah, I'll take eighteen million dollars plus this other million dollars yeah. to not play for that team and try to go get a ring. Right, just ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm sticking with basketball as well. Golden State Warriors president and uh, COO Rick Welts 
Um, member of the Basketball Hall of Fame will retire uh, at the end of the season. It was announced Thursday. He spent 46 years working in uh, NBA, and I didn't know this. In 2011, he became the most prominent sports executive to acknowledge, acknowledge that he's gay. Oh, nice. So, yeah, good for him. He will remain in the Warriors organization as an advisor. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, good for him finding retirement. Yeah. Um, good for him being the, you know, first, you know, Openly, prom- yeah, openly gay sports executive. So that's awesome. Good for you, Rick Welts. Right on. I don't have anything else for sports news. You okay, just keep rattling them off. Okay, so uh, going into the Masters, something awesome, ha- awesome happened. Usually, uh, at the very on Thursday, like it, you know, happens like at six a.m. earliest. Um, at the first tee off is usually it used to be Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, and uh, Gary Player. Uh, but today, uh, Lee Elder joined them, and Lee Elder mm-hmm. was the first black man to play in the Masters in nineteen seventy five. Yep. Um, so that's awesome. Good for them. Um, and then my last one, a little shout out to college hockey. Ooh. Yeah. Um, uh, give me a second. Give me a second. Hold on. Okay. Garrett Waite scored an overtime and shorthanded Massachusetts beats two time defending championship or champion Minnesota Duluth, um, three to two on Thursday night in the frozen four. I love how co- hockey is the, the frozen same four. frozen four. It's awesome. So fun. Yeah. Uh, in this Frozen Four semifinals, um, so they'll advance to Saturday's national championship game against St. Cloud State, and both of those teams are seeking their first ever national championship, so that's pretty cool. That always blows my mind, too, with college hockey, is that it's just a bunch of small Midwest schools that yeah. are Division One for yeah. that one sport. Yeah. When, when have crazy. you ever heard of Minnesota, or like Duluth? Minnesota, you know Duluth, or, or what was St. Cloud? St. Cloud State? Like, yeah, no, that's... nobody's ever heard of them, unless you love hockey. You exactly. Like, then you know those schools, but, like, when I was reading, I was like, St. Cloud State? Like, I didn't even... Like, that's a college? That's a college, <laughs> yeah. Um, but UMass was without four players because of COVID-19, including their leading goal scorer and starting goaltender. So, it's just crazy that they beat the, you know, two-time defending champ without two of their best players. Yeah. So, good for you, Minnesota. Right on. Okay. So... National championship game for men's basketball is done and over with. Um, I have one word to describe the game. Okay. Size. Yeah. Size and strength. Yeah. I guess two words. Um, just looking at Baylor versus Gonzaga, Baylor's, even Jesse was like, hey, the guys on Baylor are scary big. <laughs> yeah, they're all built. They're jacked. They are built. They are yeah. jacked. And. Um, Gonzaga just couldn't keep up with them. And like, we thought about that, like their speed and everything like that. And, you know, I was thinking, I mean, you both had this comment, like Gonzaga, all they got to do is get the, the ball down low. Yeah. Um, Vital from Baylor, eight offensive rebounds. Yeah, no, he's he bullied around Timmy and Kisper. And that's sad to me to see because Mark Vital is six foot five. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's much smaller than Timmy and Kisper. Yeah, no, exactly. And he was the matchup for... Drew Timmy, who leads Gonzaga in scoring, and who they can they have all season they throw the ball into him in the post. And big problem was Timmy got into foul trouble early. Yeah, he did, but it was also just uh, there was no fight from Gonzaga. There really wasn't. I think this was their first big big test. We talked about earlier in the season they played a lot of top fifteen teams. Yeah, that were top fifteen at the time. That by the end of the season weren't that great. And I think Gonzaga got in their own heads, and, and they were like, we're beating the shit out of everybody we play. Nothing's really that close. Then they get tested by UCLA. Scary tested by UCLA. Scary tested. Have to get a buzzer beater from Jalen just before half court to win that game. Yeah. And then they go, then still go into the national championship game thinking they're still better than everybody. I might have rather seen UCLA play Baylor. Just because yeah, of how, I think how been this a great game fight. wasn't really even that close. Because, I mean, Gonzaga got to within 10 after the first half. But they, it was ugly. Yeah, no, it Baylor was... Baylor was almost up by 20. At, at, I think they were up at tw- by 20 at times. Yeah, they, they were up by, like, about 20. They won by 16. Gonzaga had to close the gap at the end of the first half, and I was watching it, and I was like, if they close this gap a little bit, yeah. and then they come out hot in the second half, we might have a game, and they did not come out hot in the second half at all. <laughs> no, no. I mean, Jalen Suggs was the only person on that team fighting. No, exactly. And that makes sense to me because that's a kid that wants it. He's right. a freshman. That's why he went to Gonzaga. He's going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. That's a kid that wants it. But these other guys, everyone else in Gonzaga just had like this Didn't arrogance, really cockiness. No. I don't know if you heard about it, but Gonzaga ordered champagne before the game started. 
Oh. Yeah, they Ooh. and, and Ooh. Baylor found out about it. Oh. And so when they found out about it, they were like, we want to kick their ass. Yeah. And so that's probably the, a big driving factor in why Baylor came in. Yeah, have fun drinking that champagne. Yeah, exactly. They came in so aggressive and just looking like they wanted it more. And it kind of shows that they wanted it more. Yeah. And another big thing about this game that I was I was sitting there watching it, and I just, like, I know Kispert is a good three-point shooter, and he's one of the better on the team, mm-hmm. but at one point I thought he was just taking too many. Like, he was yeah. pulling up, and he was pulling up from, like, 32 feet. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Like, and, I mean, I get it, you guys are down by, like, 16, but at that point, you should only be looking for wide-open threes, and then just trying to get baskets, just trying to get buckets, just trying to drive in, get fouls, get, yeah. get anything going. Yeah, I, I, Gonzaga loves to play fast. But when you're playing another team that, that also, also plays fast, play fast, and you're getting your ass handed to you, you need to do something to change the pace of the game. Yeah, you need to change tempo. Because Gonzaga can do that. They can slow the, the ball down, throw it into to Drew Timmy, and let him go to work. And if he gets doubled, he can kick it out, and they have shooters. They can. They had so many options, but they just kept trying to go fast and fast, and they, that's why they turned the ball over 14 times. Yeah, and that's why Baylor succeeded. That's why yeah. Baylor's players did amazing. I yeah, mean, it, it was overall... Forcing turnovers, Baylor shooting almost 50% from deep, which, I mean, we talked about that they, I, I was wrong because they were still hot against Houston, uh, and then they just carried over. Yeah. They just didn't have a bad game shooting. And then the offensive rebounds, I mean, they had 16 as a team. Offensive rebounds. Baylor had 22 rebounds total. total. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, Baylor had 38 total. Like, it was, it's... It was r- ridiculous. Yeah, it was. It just and Baylor shot forty three percent from the three point line. Yeah, just watching the game. At first, I was like, "Wow, Baylor's going on a little run. This is this is exciting. This is fun. So high scoring." And then yeah. they just never let up. And I was like, "Oh, it almost looked like that Gonzaga USC game." Yeah, but Gonzaga is USC. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy that I was right that Gonzaga wasn't going to win just because they were undefeated, mm-hmm. and that was literally. My only logic. Going I think Tanner into picked Baylor in the bracket to win, and he did it because of us, because of mainly you saying like, like "Hey, I don't think Zag is going to win." I haven't checked the bracket. Or I haven't yet. either. I think I finished. I'm so mad because I had two brackets, <laughs> and one of them I had Illinois, and the other one was the exact same bracket, but with Baylor winning it. Oh, and I put the Illinois one in the challenge. Oh, okay. my Baylor one finished in like the 96th percentile, and I was like, oh. I would have won that. Yeah. I would have just put the Baylor one in. Yeah. I should have put both of them in, yeah. honestly. Yeah, should have. All right. Well, yeah, that's a bummer. What else do you have to say about it? Uh, that was really about it. I mean, you know, we talked about the size advantage and Gonzaga just not looking to take advantage. I don't know. Gonzaga is just busy. They get there, and then they can never win. They can never They can never get They it's can just, never get it done. And they have such a good team. They next always year, have such a good next team. Next year, they're going to have a great team again. Yeah, they'll, gonna, they'll, be, they'll be a number one seed next year. They're going to have the number one player in the country. That's a seven foot kid that uh, is models his game kind of after KD, except he's white and way skinnier. Um, but he averages like eight blocks well, a game. Because, well, because KD in college, KD in college was very skinny. No, this kid is like Slenderman. Oh, <laughs> uh, but he he like gets like eight blocks a game. Oh, okay, school. like it's ridiculous. Okay, and he you know finishes everything. He can shoot the ball. He can dribble. He can pass. There's like a viral clip of him. Is like junior year. He was at Steph Curry's like basketball camp okay. and he crossed Steph Curry up and got a dunk on it like in like a five on five situation like he's a, he's a great kid so he's going to be going there he hasn't committed there but he's going to end up there yeah and then they have another five star guard I don't know who else they lose they're going to lose Kispert but I don't think they lose Timmy and you think J- Suggs is going to stay sick no him? no Jalen Suggs top three pick he's yeah. not he's not going to stay there yeah but uh, I don't know if Joel Ayayi is a senior or not uh, but he's a very important part of that team as well yeah. so it, it depends on who exactly comes back because they're going to be getting a great uh, recruiting class. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they'll be back, back there again. But, yeah. again, it's what can you do with the talent you have right. when it matters. Yeah, when it matters. I mean, you're sitting there. And usually you always lose in the Final Four or Championship. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so for me that wraps it up. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead. Uh, my favorite time of the year, like I said, the Masters is upon us. Uh, it's pretty much the Super Bowl of golf. Um, and then we each have our top five. Uh, nothing like major to talk about as far as you know the Masters go. It's only day two right now. And next week, we'll, on Tuesday, we'll be able to recap the Masters and you know what was going on and all the fun stuff like that. But we do have 
each of our top fives. So let's go over Kyle's first. Okay. Let me pull up Kyle's real quick. Give us a quick moment. I have it up. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, then, fire off is number one. All right, it's number one, Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. I also have Jordan Spieth, but what were what were Kyle's notes on it? My dad told me that he likes him this year. <laughs> 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 and just coming off a big win for himself, I've got confidence in him and money, so he better win. Okay, right on. And, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I have Jordan Spieth, too, so Ollie will chime in on that. Um, he's got five top tens this year. He's got three top fives, including the win, uh, the Valero Texas Open right before this. Yep. Um, and he's third in approach from 50 to 75 yards and 10th from 50, 150 to 175. I think that plays a huge role, especially in the Masters when approach is everything. I mean, um, I'll have, I have other players that have stats in the Masters that are going to be very important as well, like around the green and stuff like that. Uh, but approach is huge. And... Just yesterday, Thursday, Jordan Spieth, he finished the day minus one with a triple bogey. So yeah. without that triple bogey, he'd be minus four. Last time I saw him on the leaderboard, he was minus like two, one hundred through the day. So, he, I mean, he's doing pretty decent. Um, but, yeah, Jordan Spieth, I'm rooting for him. I used to be actually, you know, I used to hate Jordan Spieth. Really? used to hate him. Yeah. It was back when, it was like 2015, 2016, 2017 when he was winning everything. Oh. And then I think it was like, I think it was 2018 or 2017, he collapsed at the, at the was, Masters. It was uh, 2018, I think. Yeah, he collapsed at the Masters when he was, a, he was in first place on Sunday. And I was like, all right, cool. And then he went through his drought, and now he's back. And you know what? I, I got a lot of respect for Jordan Speed. He fought through it, and he's back, I think. So I'm rooting for Jordan Speed. Let's just do one by one. So who's your number one? I have just Jordan Speed as well. Okay. Do you have any other notes that we did not mention? Uh, so I just said he's getting back and winning for me. He had like a couple years where he was struggling. It was like right. two years where he was not looking pretty at all. He finished one under on day one, and everyone struggled except for just for uh, Justin Rose. Right. So it's that's fair for him mm-hmm. to finish one under. Uh, and like you said, the triple bogey on nine was the only big hiccup. He right. eagled 15. He looked great the rest of the Chip day. Chipping eagle, too. It, yeah. was, it was awesome. I mean, he, he even, after the round, he was like, I actually mishit that chip. Like, he mishit it, and then he was sitting there, like, watching it, and he was like, all right. But that's just a testament to how crazy these greens are. I mean, yeah. just, like, I was, I was watching it yesterday, and the putting was just like, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't even imagine putting on these greens because I I would have shot 150 yeah. on Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, I would have come nowhere near that. <laughs> I might have shot more because I only usually ever like card myself like a you know a quadruple bogey. Yeah, it's the max I'll give anyone. You know what I mean? But I could have absolutely carded a couple of fifteens on that card, so <laughs> it could have been it could have gotten real ugly. Yeah. Um, okay, what is Kyle's second one? Kyle's second one is Dustin Johnson. Okay, and um, before you go into hit or to Kyle's explanation, I like the pick. Um, it's just, it's so rare when somebody repeats or even repeats within the top five. Um, that's why I kept him out of mind, but, and Dustin Johnson just hasn't looked in form this season just yet, but what is Kyle's notes on him? Uh, I mean, it's DJ. He's the number one ranked golfer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish Kyle was here because I, I love the explanations. He is yeah. the number one golfer in the world. Uh, five wins in the past 10 months, lost Tiger by one stroke in 2019, then won the Masters just a little bit ago last year. He's hot at the Masters. He is. He is. Yeah, like Kyle said, he, he came in second in 2018 or 2019. And then the 2020 Masters was played in November. And he set the uh, the scoring record for it at minus like 20. Um, and that's just because it was November and it was very soft. A lot of players went very low. Um, I'll go into that in my statistically significant. But um, so DJ not having the greatest time right now. He yeah. just double bogeyed like three or something like that or four. Um, and he's just keep, keeps falling. I think the cut line right now is plus three, and he's in danger of missing that. Uh, but hopefully he can turn it on here on the back nine. He is at plus three right now. Okay, so he's at plus three. So he's at the cut line, essentially. Yeah. My second one is Justin Thomas. Um, he won the players earlier this year, um, and he's third in strokes gained approach to green and fifth in total strokes gained. Um, so he's he's looking very good. Yesterday, he didn't play bad or anything like that, but I don't think it was up to his expectations. He seemed very irritated on the golf course the entire day, but he played decent. And right now, um, he is playing very well. Yeah, he's uh, five under right now. Yeah, five under right now. So Two I mean, strokes off the lead. Two strokes off the lead, playing great. Um, he's minus six for the day, and he's through 16. So yeah, he shot plus one yesterday. I know he wasn't too excited about that, but at the Masters, that's honestly not a bad score. 
Um, yeah. It's going to get you through all four days if you could shoot one under or one over. I mean, even if you shoot plus four for the tournament, like after all said and done, you're still probably going to be looking at, you know, a, a tied for 30 or something like that, which is nothing to be like stoked about or anything like that. But I mean, a plus one is not bad on the opening day. Yeah. Yeah. I also have Justin Thomas as my number two. Said he shot one over on day one, but it was only the front nine that he struggled on. Yeah. He looked fine on the back nine. It was just a really rough start. I thought he was going to clean up his play and be in a better spot coming into today. And that's exactly what it looks like. Him being at five under with six under for the day is fantastic. And like you said, him finishing fourth last year at the Masters, and then he's coming off of a win at the Players' Championship. He's just, he's been up and down in his recent performances, but I think this is going to be definitely an up. Yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. Wait, that was your second? That was also my second. Okay, so what is Kyle's third? Patrick Reed. Okay, go ahead. Uh, He says he placed top 10 last time, but his game has improved vastly since then. Leads the tour in strokes gained due to his improved putting game and his second at conversion percentage of GIR. Don't know what that means. I hope you can elaborate. JR? GIR. Oh, uh, greens in regulation. So, yeah, do you know what greens in regulation are? Uh, No. So, like a par four? You know, you'd have to get on the green in three. So, you, or you, oh, you have to, okay. anytime you can putt for birdie, yeah. you essentially have a green regulation. Okay, got it. Makes sense. Uh, I said, uh, I'm liking his game. Could be a stretch thinking he'll get at least third, but whatevs. Yeah, um, I think uh, Patrick Reed, right now he's doing doing just fine. He's tied for eighth. He's minus three. He's minus one on the day. Um, Patrick Reed has won the Masters, so he knows what it takes to win out here. Um, I think that he could absolutely get in the top three, Kyle. If um, he cheats. Yeah. 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 So. Um, Which we won't put past him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, whatever. Patrick Reed. You're Patrick Reed. I don't like it. I also don't like how they call him Captain America. That's what they call him on tour. Oh, really? Yeah. Not like players. Like other golfers, I'm pretty sure, aren't huge fans of Patrick Reed. Because yeah. he has got caught in cheating multiple times. Yeah. It's like, really, dude? Um, but yeah, that's what. I don't know. I don't know how he got that nickname. I have no idea. So my third one is. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, mm-hmm. um, he's 18th in strokes gained, around, strokes gained around the green, like chipping and all that good stuff. Um, he's got three top 15s this this year. Um, I just kind of like Hideki's game. Yeah, um, he's, just, he's he's a good player, and would just be awesome to have Japan have a Masters or a, a major championship winner. Uh, they've had nobody ever from Japan win a major, so it'd just be it'd be awesome to see. Um, and I and. Right now he's doing good. He's on, he's plus one through eight, but he's minus two on the tournament, so playing playing just fine. And I think you know if he can get in a top five, uh, I think that'd be pretty sweet. My third is uh, Colin Morikawa. It's been up and down in his recent performances, vastly. Like top forty, like he'll finish in the forties, and then he'll finish like seventh, and then he'll finish Morikawa. Yeah, yeah. So he's up and down, but he has been following up his really bad performances with very good performances. Yeah. So he finished in the 40s on his last appearance, so I don't think it's too far off for him to finish in a good spot. Right now, he is at even. Yep. Uh, and that, and that's, a, that's a great position on a Friday. Yeah. That one under great through, position. One under through 15 today. Yeah. And I have Morikawa. He, the win he has this year is the WGC Workday uh, World Golf Championship. It's they're they're like mini majors, and he won that one. He's already won a PGA Championship last year. He's only twenty four, and he's ranked four in the world. Yeah, um, he's first in stroke uh, strokes gained around the green. So amazing at chipping and putting, um, and he's third in um, strokes gained tee to green. So I mean, the kid's got game. I think he's the best iron player in on on the tour right now. Um, I you know I just think you know the Masters. I think it's his very first Masters appearance. So I mean. Definitely some butterflies, maybe, and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's playing great right now, so. Yeah. Okay. Have we, so, four. That is that Was that Kyle's four, or was that your four? That was my three. Okay. What and is, then we can go into four now. Kyle's four. Kyle's four is Rory McIlroy. Okay. Six top ten finishes since 2014. Came out and said that he was trying too hard to get distance, and it was damaging his game. Mm-hmm. Love it because since he admitted it, he'll capitalize. And if he wins, he'll be able to complete his Grand Slam. Yeah. Uh, booming for Royal Ma- Rory McIlroy. Uh, yesterday, uh, he drove off uh, something on off one tee, hit his dad. Oh, yeah, I saw that. His dad was out in the rough, and he just hit him. So, uh, booming, yeah, you know. <laughs> right on, dude. Just drove your dad. Hopefully, your dad got, like, a signed glove or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, a signed glove for your dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, hey, I love Rory McIlroy. Used to not like him. He's another one of those guys I used to not really like, but now I love him. 
Um, but he's just not been in form in any way, shape, or form. He just hasn't looked good. But I would, I, he has started his round. He's at plus five right now. Yeah. See, um, so he's he's not looking to make the cut, but he's got plenty of golf left to play. It's still early in his round. Yeah. So hopefully he can turn around, make some birdies, get into the weekend. He's only through five. So uh, right on. My fourth is Cameron Smith uh, from Australia. He was tied for second last year behind Dustin Johnson. Um, he's 16th in strokes gained putting. I think putting is a huge stat that should be looked at this week. Um, but overall, I just I like Cameron Smith a lot. He's kind of like he was kind of like my dark horse. You know what I mean? Playing great right now. He's you know he's two under. Yeah, two under, and he he was at five under for the tournament, and then he kind of fell apart. He's four under today. He's four under today. However. He, uh, he, after his eagle, he went bogey and then double. So, kind of got messy there, uh, but he still got three holes to play, so hopefully he can squeak out another birdie, birdie and get to three under. Uh, but he has a mullet, <laughs> and I just like him. He's just a, he's just a fun guy to watch. Uh, he can hit a lot of great shots. Um, but, yeah, so that rounds out my top five, because my five was Maury Cobble, which you already talked about. So, what is your four? My four is uh, Kevin Kisner. I love the pick. I texted you that. I love Kevin Kisner. Yeah, he's not looking great right now. No. But, uh, what my thought process... I, I mean, I've, I've kind of liked Kevin Kisner. He's not, like, a flashy guy. He's never, like, amazing. But, like, he's a consistent, good pro. Right. I really, and I really like him. He hasn't done anything to, like, you know, make me not like him. Right. Uh, and after day one, I looked at it. He had such a wild back nine that for him to finish at just one over, I thought if he can hone it in and not make be all over the place in a day, Right. Or within nine holes, you know, then maybe he can start making a climb. He's been quiet for a little while, uh, but nah, it's just not looking like it's working out. No, no, absolutely. Okay, so what's Kyle's number five? Kyle's number five, uh, Sanjay Im. Sanjay Im. I liked the pick. He's. I think he's the best Korean player on tour right now. Um, he's 13 over. Yes. He did get second last year. With He tied with Cameron Smith for second, um, but... He's looking like Ricky out there. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky's not playing um, because, you know, I don't even want to go into it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's just not playing great. He shot a 77 yesterday and he shot an 80 today. He is not going to make the weekend. Um, so, Kyle, that is not bueno. Yeah. Um, not bueno. I understand why you picked him. What were his other notes other than finishing tied for second last year? Uh, he was a runner-up last year and that was his debut. Hasn't yes. really slowed down since then. Hasn't done anything too major, but has been playing just good golf. Tied for 5th of the century and tied for 8th at the Honda Classic. See, I I agree with all of Kyle's notes. I agree with you there, Kyle, man. He's he's been playing just very consistent golf, but, you know, just hasn't worked out for him this weekend. What what is your number 5? Tony Finau. Love. I also love the pick. He's doing really good. Really good. He shot minus 7, and he's still got 3 holes to play. He, I think if if he gets like another birdie, I, I don't know what the scoring record at Augusta is it's he's very close I know it's minus eight is a scoring record or minus nine or something like that I know Justin Rose on opening day 65 or 64 he shot 65 if Justin Rose would have gotten to 64 that would have been the scoring record for Thursday at Augusta um I know he's I know it's very close and Tony Fino I love Tony Fino would love to see him win a major that'd be amazing yeah my biggest note on it was that he always finishes toward the top and it, never wins it does so it does I felt like it was time. safe putting him in the top five yeah no, um, absolutely and I love it, the pick I, I agree with you I would love to see him get a win because yeah. he kind of needs one at this point yeah. he's been playing too good of golf for too long to yeah. not have wins. and everybody knows it too and he's always right there and it's just like oh god damn it I would like to note, though, uh, me, my picks are booming. I am a total of 9, 10, 11, 13 under for my top five. My top five is 13 under. I have no one over par. Nice. Um, Kyle, you have one guy that's 13 over par, so not working out for you. Yeah. But I, I think you still got some good picks. Um, we all have some good picks. I mean, we all have Justin Thomas, or we all have Jordan Speed. I think all three of us have Justin Thomas. Maybe not Kyle. Uh, Kyle does not have Justin Kyle Thomas. Kyle does not have him. But you got Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, and Jordan Spieth, so that's that's fourteen right there. Yeah, and, and then, then who else you got? Uh, I had Morikawa. That's Mor- fifteen, and then uh, Kistner, who's I think plus four right now. Okay, so I think I edged you out just a little bit through through early Friday action. Um, okay, I mean that that's gonna wrap it up for just Masters talk because we just have our top five, nothing crazy going on like we said. And when we get to Tuesday, we'll recap. Oh yeah, those Tuesday, final two days. Yeah. 
Tuesday will be a, a very fun day for me. I'll have, I'll have lots of comments. Okay, so finally, let's go into NHL, right? Yep. NHL. So are we just doing some trade deadline talk? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, I would like to note, though, give me a second. There's a couple big moves that happened. Yeah. Um, or just like in standings in my in my eyes. Carolina Hurricanes overtook Tampa yeah. for first place. Uh, Three-game win streak. Tampa Bay's 5-5 five five in the last 10. Um, not looking amazing in the last 10. Um, and Carolina has. They're 7-2-1. and one. Um, And they are a game behind Tampa Bay. And they're still one point above them. Yeah. So, Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay's tied with Florida for second. I mean, no matter what, the top three is going to be Carolina, Tampa, and Florida. Just depending on how it plays out. But even Florida could overtake Tampa if they keep Tampa playing. Bay. That, right? Yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, your Bruins have fallen down to fourth now oh, yeah. in the East. I mean, I remember you talk, talk, you and Kyle talking about it, um, and they were falling. Pittsburgh, like Kyle said, that was one of his hot teams. They're still hot right now. Um, but our Islanders, man, our Islanders. We'll get into it in the trade talk, but they're making moves, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, other than that, Avalanche looking absolutely amazing. Um, only. Only nine straight losses. They got like a total of 13. But, you know, in that loss record, because OTL is overtime losses. But in that loss column, only nine. They have the least amount of just straight losses. In the list. In the league. Nine is the lowest. In the league? Oh, Carolina has nine as well. Uh, um, I mean, total, you know, you'd have to like count it up. There's probably multiple teams at 13. But Well, yeah. 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 still. So, other than that, so the trade deadline, like we were saying, is... Coming up on Monday, my biggest trade is for the Islanders. They acquired Palmieri, 30, and a veteran center, Travis Zajac, 35, from New Jersey for only... I mean, I feel like they got a steal. They got him for depth forwards, A.J. Green and Mason Jobst, or Jobst um, and an Islanders first-round pick in 2021. Yeah. Um, Palmari, who received interest from other teams, including the Bruins and the Maple Leafs. So when you look at that, when I look at that, I'm like, okay, so teams that will be contending are already looking at this guy, and the Islanders get him. Yeah. Um, and he not not nothing amazing. He's only got eight goals and nine assists in 34 games, but that's 17 points in 34 games. So I mean, he's he's contributing, and I think it just only helps out the Islanders here and they're already first place in the East and just, they're getting guys to even further help them. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Uh, I don't have any, there's not really like with hockey, it's kind of hard to track any big trades. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and usually trade deadline moves happen at the deadline, like on that day. Um, so I don't have anything too big that has happened yet, but one thing that I would really love to see is my Bruins doing something uh, that another Boston team fucked up and making a good trade at the trade deadline. Uh, I would love to see them go after Bobby Ryan, who is a little bit more... He's on the older side. He's 33. Yeah. Uh, but he's playing well for Detroit, and Detroit doesn't need him because they fucking suck. No, and... Well, and Detroit's in their... They're primarily in a rebuild mode. Yeah. So, like, I mean, out. like, your, your, your old veteran, I feel like, has served his purpose... Trying to teach these young guys hasn't like obviously it's not gonna work out in the first you know in like a couple of years yeah because it takes time to, to teach young guys pro hockey yeah yeah and so he has he has fourteen points in thirty three games it's not amazing but it's something I would like us to get some sort of help we need to make a move because like we talked about not too long ago is us falling in the East we no, were... and you guys are apparently fielding phone calls for Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. And that was your 2015 first-round draft pick. He hasn't been anything amazing for you guys, but yeah. still, he's been there. You know what I mean? And he's, he's a guy that, he's still young. And, you know. Yeah, I I mean, it's been, you said 2015? Yeah. So it's been six years. If you haven't proven anything in six years, mm -hmm. I think it's good enough time to move on from somebody. Um, but with, with this move, I mean, or with any move, that we, we need to make some type of move. Right. Our biggest issue right now is our five-on-five -five scoring. We're bottom five in the league right? in five-on-five five scoring, which is not acceptable if no. you're going to be contending and if you're going to be a playoff team. So we have to do something to improve that, a move for someone someone like Bobby Ryan or another veteran winger that we can get that can help us on the front line with scoring would be great. We also need a little bit of help with defense. 
Um, would have been nice if we didn't get rid of our two top defenders from last year. Right. But, I mean, if we can go get, again, just even if it's a rental for a year, go get a good offensive player, a good winger or something along those lines, and a good defenseman. Right. And try to make a run and see what we can do. Because the team was playing fantastic. And if we can just get back into that form, who knows what could happen. Right. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, what else you got? Um, nothing really else with the trades. I, we always... I also looked at just, you know, some of, like, the standings and how things have been happening. With the West in particular, what I'm interested in is the Knights going 4-5-1 and one in their last 10 and losing a grip on the top spot yeah, and, well, to the Avalanche, who are playing fantastic, yeah, like we talked about. And Minnesota Wild are coming up on them. Yes, and um, then... And uh, then, I know last, when you and Kyle were talking about it, Coyotes were in that fifth spot, and they did overtake the Blues. Yeah, the, the Blues. Blues are just looking, and like Kyle and you said, the Blues are just literally just, what is happening? I don't know. They're losing to teams that are at the bottom of the West. Like, they're losing to the Ducks. They're losing to the Kings. Like, they're losing mm-hmm. to teams that they should be beating. Right. Especially with where they started the year. Mm-hmm. They're 3-6-1 and one in the last 10, like, we talk, like you said. They're out of playoff contention at this moment. Arizona overtook them, and if they keep playing this way, they're not going to cr- climb back in. No, no, so. absolutely. So I'm not sure what's going on with the Blues. Good for the Coyotes. They're yeah. playing. They're seven and three in their last ten. They're playing decent hockey. Um, but it was just like last year. They got in, and you know they didn't make any noise. Or I think they did. They win like they're playing, and then get shut out. I forget. I'm not completely sure. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, Either way, it wasn't memorable what they did in the playoffs. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I laughed real hard when you and Kyle were talking about the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> oh my god! Man. <laughs> they they only have nine wins. Yeah, yeah. Kyle said it. They don't even have double digit wins. They're the only team with without double digit wins. That's just it's embarrassing. It's straight up embarrassing. And what's still surprising me, even to this day, I thought the Flyers were going to be able to somewhere along the line turn it on. Yeah, being such a good team last season, they didn't have a whole lot of turnover, and they are horrendous. Yeah. They are horrendous. And that's saying, I mean, I just think that the bottom of the East is terrible. And that's why that's why the Bruins are so safe right now. Yeah, we're safe at four. Yeah. And if we can get some piece added to the current team, we can maybe try to climb back can, up a spot or two. I think you can still pass the Penguins. I don't know if you're going to be able to pass the Caps or the Islanders. Definitely not the Islanders. Well, obviously. definitely not the Islanders. But I think maybe if, if Capitals are 5-5 five and five in their last 10, if they keep playing like that and we can in, and improve. And you're 6-2-2 six and, six, two and two in your last 10, so it's not, not horrendous. I mean, and we have th- we're three games less played than them. We're like, we have three games on them. Right. So... If we get three wins in those games, that's six points right there. Yeah. And that puts us right back in with the Capitals. And even yeah. if we win two, that puts us tied with the Penguins. Yeah. No, no, I guess you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just depends you on... You can the, get up to that, that it second just, spot. Yeah, it just depends on if we can get back into our winning form and if the other teams... Like, like if, if Pittsburgh keeps playing how they're playing, they'll overtake Washington. Now, I want to know what happened with a lot of your games because you in the East, you've played the least amount of games. Uh, I'm trying to see. We had so we had a game against the Sabers and Islanders get canceled. So I'm imagining it's it's mainly just us. Maybe some COVID protocols. Yeah. Because if we're missing multiple games against different teams, right, that would be on us. Yeah. So it's probably just a couple COVID protocols that you know some quarantining that's happening that we're getting games postponed that we're gonna have to hopefully make up at some point. But yeah. And my biggest thing with the Bruins right now is you guys are very. I, I just I, I think you guys are very middle of the pack right now. Like you're you're ten five and three at home and you're eleven five and three away. Like yeah. if you look at the Islanders, they've only lost three games total at home. Yeah. And then you know so I think if you guys just can just dial it in at home, just get those home victories, stop yeah. losing at home. We'd love to see an improvement at on home ice. You were almost five hundred at home. Right. It's not Again, it's not what you should be looking at as a top team. Right. And you guys were supposed to be, I mean, at the beginning of the season, you guys were on top for a little while there. Yeah. And even the drop-off from Pittsburgh at three to us at four in that home category, Pittsburgh has six more wins at home than us. Right. It's it, it just overall, we have a lot to fucking work on. No, absolutely. I mean, other, other than that, though, I mean, hockey is still looking good. When is the final game? When is the final game of hockey? The final game of hockey? Uh, the final game of regular see, season hockey. Let's look up the important dates, and we'll see when playoffs start. Because Kyle said it was like a couple of days. They had like two or three right. days. Right, but that was always subject to change. So so we have May 8th. 
So, a month from now. A month from now, hockey regular season will be pretty much over. Obviously, there's probably going to be a couple more games that need to be played. Yes. And then Stanley Cup playoffs were set to start on the 11th, but with any makeup games, it'll probably, probably be... like a week after that. Yeah, I was going like to say that. the 18th makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Other than, other than that, I think that wraps it up for today's uh, sports topics, other than our segments, right? Yeah. Just have segments left. Okay. Awesome. So... We start with statistically significant as always. How many you got? I think I have two. Okay. One like I have like Is it the same thing where they, they play into each other? No, so I have two different ones, but I have like three that make one. Okay, give me a second here. I'll just go with mine, okay? Go for it. So last year, twenty twenty, the Masters were played in November. Can you guess the combined first round score last year in the Masters? The combined? Yeah, like every single player. Oh, their combined they scores combined. What was that score? Minus three. Minus 54. Oh. Yeah. So very low. Very yeah, low. Yeah, very low. I, very I, low. I, I would figure. Do you know would... what the combined score was yesterday? Oh, it was probably very much over. Plus 220. Yeah, I was going to say. That's, that's what I guess in the middle because I figured that the bottom would balance out with the top. It did not. No, no. Minus <laughs> four. Everyone went low on Thursday last year. This year, plus two twenty was. I'm not sure like the records behind that. I I know minus fifty four is going to be close to the record as far as the lowest score on a Masters Thursday, yeah. if not the very lowest. Um, but I just saw that on ESPN. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that is such a big difference. It's such a difference, and that, and that just goes testament to show that's why the Masters is played in April. It's because that's when that course is in the best shape. Yeah. That's when everything's going perfect. Yeah, in November, that... like, in November, like, the, the course, they showed pictures of it, like, a month before in, like, October. And, like, everything was just, like, kind of, like, dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had to import flowers and stuff like that just for Masters Weekend. They had to, like, spray paint, like, grass, like. Yeah. It, just it's to just, make it it's look. It's not the same. No, it, it wasn't the same. I mean, I, hats off to them for making it happen. And, I mean, I love that it happened still, but. It was super soft last year, and this year it is very tough, and I'm very excited to watch it. And that's why I love watching the Masters, because it's always going to be... It's the same freaking course every single year. But every year is so different. Every year, yeah, and, and it's always going to be tough. Like, where the U.S. Open, like, sometimes, like, don't get me wrong, U.S. Open, no matter what, the place makes the course play very tough. But there are harder courses out there than other courses, no matter what way you look at it. Exactly. Uh, but... That's why I love the Masters. Same course. It's always going to be tough. Players know that, and still some of them shoot. You know, like Rory McIlroy, plus four. DJ shot plus two. Brooks Kep- Brooks Kepka shot plus two. Bryson DeChambeau, plus four on Thursday. So, just really fun to watch, and I thought it was just crazy how big of a difference it was. Yeah. All right, what are, what are yours? Uh, so, my first one is going to be about the National Championship game. It's, it's two that will tie in together. Okay. Uh, so, number one is Baylor winning its first National Championship while at the same time also getting its first ever win against an AP number one opponent. They've never beat the number one overall team in the country, ever. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, they also never trailed in the national championship game, which was the first time that's happened since UConn in 2014. Nice. And then, as well with Baylor, they're the fifth school all-time to win both of their final four games by more than 15 points. Fifth team overall, it was 2018 Villanova, and then... 60s UCLA, which won like literally a hundred games in a row. Oh, okay. And then uh, 1960 Ohio State and 1952 Kansas. Okay. So it hasn't happened in a long time, other than Villanova. Okay. So those two stats for Baylor huge. And then my other one is going to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. Who is the all-time scoring leader? Yeah. Pass Wilt Chamberlain uh, in 1984. Pass Wilt Chamberlain. And LeBron is on pace. If he keeps playing for another probably like four or five years, he'll pass Wilt. But Wilt Chamberlain passed, or sorry, Kareem passed Wilt and then scored 7,000 more points <laughs> after after passing for the number one spot. Oh, my which God. Which the only other stat that I could see that happening in is Wilt with rebounds or Bill Russell with rebounds. Like the two of them, they, ha- they average like 30 rebounds a game. Yeah. And then also, it'll be Steph. When Steph is done with his career, he's going to have so many more threes than whoever's in second right. place. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's going to be like, how are we ever going to catch up to this guy? Yeah, no one will catch that. No. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. Right on. So, boom and bust or roast? We always go boom and bust, right? Boom and bust, yeah. Okay, I've got three booms. How many you got? I have one. 
You got one? Yeah. Okay, let me rattle off a couple. Go for it. Okay, um, boom, streakers. Okay. Okay, streaker, uh, so, <laughs> this guy, he's true, he did a streaking thing on a Manchester United field, right? Okay. He snuck into the stadium 14 hours before kickoff and hid under uh, a canvas to evade security. Nice. I don't know what he was doing if he was fully naked under the canvas for 14 hours. <laughs> he, he snuck in naked. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish he was. I, I I don't know. I hope he did. But uh, right on, dude. Booming for you, man. The commitment yeah, behind the it. Yeah, like, You could have just like, you know, did like what everyone else does and just jump off the stands. And, and then, then yeah, take yeah, everything But off. you know what? You went one step further and you hid for 14 hours just a streak. So good for you, man. And then uh, another one, Texas man, okay, has become the first person to run from Disneyland to Walt Disney World. Okay. Yeah, it took him, because of the COVID thing, it took him like over 90 days, but overall he ran 2,761 miles. Yeah. And guess what? How old he is? 59. Jesus. Yeah. When I'm 59, I'm not running. When I'm 59, I'll be barely able to stand up. <laughs> so, booming to you, man. Um, that's crazy. That's Good ridiculous. Okay. It's like almost, it's literally across the country. That is. That is across the country, essentially. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Forrest Gump. I wonder what the, <laughs> I wonder what the dedicate, like, what his reason right. was. Like, what? From Disneyland to Disney World. Like, why? I don't know. I don't know. He's right. 59. Maybe he's going to go get a little up there. Yeah. All right. Do you want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so my boom is Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Him and guys like Jamal Crawford have been trying to get back into the league all year. Uh, Isaiah Thomas more so because of his hip injury in the past, but he said he's been feeling great. He played with Team USA for a little bit in like an exhibition kind of deal. Yeah. And he looked really good. Pelican signed him to a 10-day contract. First two games, he's put up over 10 points. Good. Which is not amazing. No. It's not what he used to be, but... It proves he should be in the league. Yeah. And that's that's what's really been... I've been frustrated seeing him not on any team. No, There's absolutely. so many teams that could use some veteran help at point guard. Yeah. Especially a team like New Orleans that has a guy like Lonzo Ball who, you know, needs a little bit of help yeah. with with his development. Just anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, it just makes sense to me that, that a team like that would go get him. I don't, I'm sad that it took so long, but I'm glad he's finally back and that he's proving that he belongs. Absolutely. I like that one. I like that one. My final boom, Tommy Fleetwood. Ah, um, he made an ace on the 170 yard 16th hole Thursday. Back to back weeks, he scored aces. He got one last week, or no, not I guess in the same month era. Uh, he got one at the Dell uh, match play uh, a couple weeks ago. But um, oh god, it was his. It was the 32nd hole in one in Masters history. Mm-hmm. There's only been 32 hole in ones, which is crazy. So Tommy Fleetwood, you're in the record books. 23 of them have come on the 16th hole. Um, but good for Tommy Fleetwood. Ace in it. He was plus, he, I think he was like plus four or something like that. Or plus three, plus Oops. one when he made it. And then he made a hole in one. He was like, all right, well, now I'm, I'm back in. I, I saw that this morning when he was playing because I think he was in the second group and he, with he was Phil doing, Nicholson. Yeah, he was doing decent today. Yeah, and, he, and they said, like, he was like, it's one of those days where nothing's going right and then you just need one thing and positive to happen and you're back in it. So, Tommy Fleetwood, you're booming. I like Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, I know that's one of Chad's favorite golfers. Um, so, good for you, Tommy Fleetwood. You're booming. Nice hole in one. Beautiful. Right on. Bust. My bust. I got one. My, I have one as well. Okay, awesome. Is the Celtics okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, we're five and five in our last ten. We have dropped to the seventh seed in the East. We have three All Stars on our team. Yeah, and we're in seventh place in yeah. the East. I don't. Yeah, it makes no sense. I'm annoyed with upper management for trading away Daniel Tice, who I didn't love. But we didn't get another big back. I feel like you were happy about the trade. I in was a couple episodes ago. I, I was okay with it. And then now that I see we, we fucking play the Sixers and we have fucking Luke Cornett guarding Joel Embiid all game. Yeah. No, I'm not okay with it. We need a big body. Tristan Thompson was injured in that game. But still, Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams aren't enough yeah. at the big spot. Not, at least depth-wise. Right. They're, they're both fine. Like, I'm okay with both of those players. But we need another big in case one of those guys gets into foul trouble. We need someone, right? That's why the Lakers... 
had guys like JaVale McGee on their team, yeah. right? Because you had Dwight Howard, who is like, yeah, he's good, and AD's your real strong big. Right. But you need a guy like JaVale McGee that's just there to block some shots, get some rebounds, provide some energy, right. and some depth in case someone else gets in foul trouble. Right. And we don't have that no. with that Daniel Tice trade. And then also the other, the only move we made to add somebody was getting Evan Fournier, who scored like four points in his first three games with us. Yeah, and I just, yeah, you haven't heard about Evan Fournier in forever. I, I think well, the so time he, he used to put up like, what, 15? No, 16? he's actually, when he was in Orlando this year, he's averaging more points than his entire career. Oh, okay. Like, he's having his highest scoring average. And then since he's come to Boston, he looks like shit. Yeah. I mean, of course he does. And we used our fucking trade exception on him, so we waste all this money yeah. on him. When we could have gotten a bit, we could have used it on someone like Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Would have been fucking great. We probably would be in, like, the third seed in the East right now with that move. But instead we go and get Evan Fournier. It's just the moves that they've been making, we just don't have the team that can compete right now. Yeah. And it's sad because Jason Tatum is a future MVP candidate. Yeah. Jalen Brown could also be a future MVP candidate. They will both be perennial all-stars. Mm-hmm. Kemba Walker is a fantastic point guard that does exactly what you need of him. Mm-hmm. We have good bench, or we have good depth defensively with guys like Marcus Smart. And it just doesn't make sense that this team isn't the seven seed in the East. Yeah, and you should be at least like the fifth or fourth. Like we are a game behind Atlanta. We're a game behind Charlotte, and they don't even have Melo anymore. <laughs> I don't. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. I it, we're five, like I said, five and five in the last ten. It just I don't know what they're doing. No, why it's going? No, on absolutely, absolutely. So. Uh, my bust is asteroids. Oh, <laughs> asteroids! You're on watch. Uh. Here's some good news. NASA has given Earth the all-clear for the next century from a particular menacing asteroid. Ah. So, apparently, the asteroid name... They named asteroids. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but There's this, so many of them. Yeah. This asteroid is named Apophis. Um, apparently... Oh, yeah. I've heard about this. They have ruled out um, that Apophis is going to smack Earth in 2068. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same 1100 foot space rock that was supposed to come frighteningly close in 2029 and again in 2036. So NASA has officially ruled out any chance of a strike during those two close approaches. Um, first detected in 2004, Apophis is now officially off NASA's asteroid risk list. So Let's asteroids, see. come and get us. Cause <laughs> you can't. You can't. It's not going to happen. No. And if you try, guess what? We probably have fucking lasers. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably shoot you down. Right on. Um, okay. Roast? Yeah. I, I got have one. one. Oh, perfect. There you go. You want to go first? Sure. Uh, one fighting championship. Huh? The One fighting championship. The, like, one. You ever heard of it? No. Oh, okay. So it's like Pride or like oh, the other okay. ones, but it's, it's just called one. Okay. Um, It's like it's supposed to be UFC's like biggest competitor. I think, or I no, no, that's Bellator. Sorry, it's like the, it's like it's one of those right yeah. below Bellator. Okay, I'd say. Uh, watching their, they had like a TNT, like just on TNT, they did like a big card, uh, and they had Mighty Mouse on there. Right, used to be UFC fame. Yeah, uh, and just watching the fights, they had one fight. How did you watch the fights? It was on TNT. Oh, really? Yeah, it was literally free on TNT. As oh, long okay. as you have like cable. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, but one of the fights ended in a disqualification because of punches behind the ear. Okay. And it was literally almost like a, a bully beating up a kid for his lunch money. Like he, the guy that was, that was fucking pounding this other guy had, the guy was sitting on his butt, standing over him, and he's just wailing on the dude's head. Oh. And he gets behind the ear like twice. Yeah. And they call the match, disqualified, this other guy wins. Later on that same night, Championship fight, I believe it was the DJ or the uh, the Mighty Mouse fight, and there's a knee to the face of a guy sitting on the ground. That's just a knockout, and the fights and that, the guy won. Really, but with a knee to the face. Instead of just some punches in the back of the head, a knee to the face while he's sitting on the ground is okay, but punch behind the ear, <laughs> not okay. <laughs> I don't understand the rules. This is why <laughs> this is why you're not gonna do anything, right? This <laughs> you know, is why you're not. If you're gonna change some rules, make it a little bit more interesting, and maybe make it take the twelve to six elbow out, right? right? Stuff like that, where the UFC has some issues. But making knees to the face while you're laying on the ground, okay, but not <laughs> punch behind the ear, okay. I just the rules are kind of confusing. They don't have a good card. Just all in all, 
it's the one fighting championship. You're, you're not going to make it. I'm now, sorry. Going back to that booming, Pride was gnarly. Pride was amazing. Pride was brutal. And you'd love to see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. One fighting championship. Uh, yeah, figure your shit out. Yeah, most but, people haven't heard of you, obviously, and they never will. <laughs> they never will when you, when you do shit like that. Okay, my roast is the University of Kentucky. I like it already. Yeah, I know you would. Yeah. I know you would. So the University of uh, Kentucky... Kentucky mistakenly sent out acceptance email to 500,000 high school seniors for a program that usually accepts about three dozen. No. So so imagine reply all in the email. God, who who did that? Yeah. So imagine all these kids. They're like, holy shit. Like I got in like amazing. They're celebrating with their family. And then within 24 hours, the school followed up with another email. Uh, apologizing for its mistake. Sorry. Citing a technical issue. No, that's bullshit. So, Someone hit reply all. So <laughs> so all these kids that got super excited and then had to go and be like, oh, mom, I didn't get it. Ah, oh, man. Like, imagine how many hearts You're were broken. fucking with someone's future right there. Yeah. I mean, you're in University of Kentucky. You fucked up big time. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that is my roast. University of Kentucky just doing bad on all fronts. Absolutely. All right. Hey, guys. This one was nice, short, and sweet, so I hope you enjoyed it. Episode 21. Uh, next week, we'll be back in full force on Thursday. We'll have a full episode with Kyle back on our shenanigans. Uh, as always, guys, appreciate you guys tuning in uh, and appreciate the support. And see you guys next week. Yeah, thanks again, guys, for sticking with us through these weird couple episodes. Just everything we, we all have going on. We should get back to our normal schedule. Uh, and, you know, we'll be back in full force, like Tim said. And we can't wait to see you guys next week.